Hi, this is Amy Beheimer, and you're listening to the Habit Hub for Autoimmune Health, Episode 4. Welcome to the Habit Hub for Autoimmune Health, a podcast to help you shift from managing autoimmune disease to creating autoimmune health using the power of everyday habits. I'm your host, Amy Beheimer, a coach and a doctor of pharmacy on a mission to create health and happiness with multiple sclerosis. Here, we focus on everyday lifestyle habits proven to help the mind and body heal from the cell up without sacrificing the true joys of life along the way. To create autoimmune health in the mind and body, you have to be great at one thing, the skill of mastering habits. That's why each episode includes everything you need to do just that. Evidence-based information and real-life inspiration from the experiences of my guests, my clients, and yours truly. All habit heroes brave enough to turn a desire for help into daily decisions to create it. Let's have some fun. Welcome back, friends. Are you getting excited about habits yet? Has any of that excitement led to any shifts in your day-to-day actions? Maybe some energy gains? I sure hope so, but if you're still waiting for the spark, I am glad you came back for more. And before we get started today, I want to share something I heard from Lewis Howes on a podcast I was listening to this week. Lewis Howes, if you're not familiar, is an ex-athlete who is an author and a motivational speaker who has done a lot of work helping people find their mission and go out and get it in the world. And in this podcast, he was saying that everybody should be able to describe their mission in one sentence at any time. And it got me thinking how we could relate that to what we're doing here with creating habits and ultimately trying to change the course of our health and our happiness using these habits. And It makes sense because one of the big reasons that goals fail is that they're out of sight. So it's not so much that we forget that we want to do these goals. We know that we want to go for our health. But if the specific ways that we're going to get there are not in sight, posted in front of us, if we're not talking about them, they can get forgotten. And we don't quit on purpose, but instead we seem to quit quietly. So borrowing what I heard, What if we always knew what our current habit goal was in a clear sentence so that we could remind ourselves, remind others, something that I'm definitely thinking of and I'm going to incorporate. So wanted to share it with you guys. We are here to learn a habit. So the what? First, we're going to cover the what, then we're going to cover why it helps us with our health, and then we're going to cover how to actually do it. Today, we're in the movement as medicine spoke, the habit hub. And the habit is to move your body for two minutes after eating your meals. The idea actually came to me when I saw a recent New York Times article called Just Two Minutes of Walking After a Meal is Surprisingly Good for You. I'll put the link in the show notes so you can read it, but we're going to expand that a bit to two minutes of any movement after eating for today's habit. But I love the emphasis on the power of what some would call too small or too tiny of a habit to be worth it, only two minutes. I definitely spent years thinking that about exercise, and maybe you do too, that maybe you need to take a class or watch a workout video or break a sweat or change into your workout clothes. What's your threshold to consider movement a workout, and are you willing to change it? I like to say, anything worth doing is worth doing tiny. So that's the what. Now we are going to cover why we want to consider this. We're going to talk about both the long-term benefits of exercise 
and then also the immediate benefits in that short window right after you finish eating. The benefits of physical exercise covers both mind and body benefits. They have been proven, the research is conclusive, and the list is long, but I do think it's worth reading through here just as a refresher. Physical exercise has been shown to fend off stress and depression, improve circulation, sleep, metabolism, and weight control. It lowers blood pressure and reduces the risk of cardiovascular disease, strengthens the heart, our muscles, and our bones, heightens cognitive abilities, can increase lifespan, and decrease the risk of type 2 diabetes and cancer. And saving the best for last with these last few, physical exercise builds immune resilience, can reduce the risk of chronic disease, and as little as 20 minutes per day of moderate activity through the release of hormones that activate our immune cells, exercise has anti-inflammatory benefits. So those last three reasons are all particularly of interest to us here as we think about our health and living with autoimmune disease. So I'm going to cover a couple specific benefits with strength training and with walking. Strength training has been shown to increase the quantity and the quality of mitochondria in our cells. So everything comes back to these mitochondria. They are the energy factories, so more mitochondria equals more energy. What are the mechanisms behind why this is true? I think it can feel abstract to think of moving our body actually affecting what's going on in our teeny tiny cells. If this helps someone out there who likes to know a bit more detail in the why, I thought it was worth sharing here. And if you are not into the science part of it or it's just too much detail, I promise it'll be over soon. The primary function of the mitochondria is to produce what we call ATP. That is the molecule that transports chemical energy within the cells. That's why they are the powerhouse of the cell. And aging and chronic diseases decrease the capacity to create this energy slowly but surely. Our muscle cells, they don't divide quite as frequently as, say, cells on the skin or the GI tract or the liver that turn over fairly quick. The muscle cells divide and turn over is what is needed to form new cells. So as we age or we live with chronic disease, the function of the cells start to decline because these slower turning over cells can accumulate a lot of damage. Restoring function to the mitochondria in these muscle cells through movement can explain the downstream benefits. And it's likely that other cells that are slow to turn over, like our brain cells and our heart cells, may experience the same benefit. Continuing with the why this habit will help create health, I'm going to share some of what has been published about the benefits of walking. In one study, researchers found that in just 11 minutes a day of moderate intensity physical activity, which is comparable to a brisk walk, the risk of diseases such as heart disease, stroke, and a number of cancers is lowered. And even more specific to what we're talking about with moving right after we eat a meal, walking after a meal, which in the study that I'm going to talk about was within 60 to 90 minutes after your meal, it is shown to clear the mind aid in digestion, and improve blood sugars. And the blood sugar effects were seen in as little as two to five minutes of movement. So if we can make this two-minute movement a habit, not only do our blood sugar levels improve after we eat, they rise and fall in a more gradual way, and that usually means that we feel better. We have less of that crash that some of us get after eating. 
standing also had a benefit, but just not as great of a benefit as walking. And just standing after a meal causes more active engagement of your muscles. And then those muscles need the fuel from your food at the exact time that it's floating through your bloodstream. So it works out really well. Another study found that one in 10 early deaths could be prevented if everyone managed at least half the recommended level of physical activity. You may wonder, what is the recommended level of physical activity? I'm going to cover what the Department of Health and Human Services calls the Physical Activity Guidelines for Americans. And in that, physical activity is anything that gets your body moving. They recommend that each week, adults need 150 minutes of moderate intensity physical activity and two days of muscle strengthening activity per week. Now, I'm going to pause here. Does that sound like a lot to you? If it does, keep listening. For some weeks, that does sound like a lot to me, and it definitely would feel like an unreachable goal for some of my clients. If you are in that group, or if you think you could physically do that much exercise, but you just haven't been able to make it a habit for whatever reason, I'm also going to share the next recommendation from the Department of Health and Human Services. They also publish key guidelines for adults with chronic health conditions and adults with disabilities. So when adults with chronic conditions or disabilities are not able to meet that above guideline, they should engage in regular physical activity according to their abilities and should avoid inactivity. Everybody listening, that's everybody, can benefit from movement, whatever that looks like. And if you have the ability to get a team of support, do it. With any exercise, you first want to make sure what you're doing is safe. And this is where getting the okay from your doctor and touching base with a physical therapist is key. And then once you know your limits, a coach can really help with walking you through how to set goals, how to help overcome the hurdle of actually following through on that plan that you set for yourself and so much more. If you are at all curious if coaching is for you, give it a try. You'll start making and breaking habits all around this habit hub before you know it, because the skills you learn while making any habit transfer over to new goals and new habits. Okay, so I'm going to talk to my MS folks specifically here for this next study. It was found that people with multiple sclerosis who exercise regularly are able to maintain volume That means we see less atrophy in the hippocampus, which is the brain region responsible for learning and memory. The results of this study just adds to the growing body of evidence that exercise has many benefits for people with MS. I will include the link to this and others mentioned in the show notes. And this reminds me, when I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in 2012, I walked into the doctor's office and I remember him saying that everybody with MS is very unique. He said he may see 20 or 30 patients with MS in a day, and we're like snowflakes. We have unique symptoms, we have unique presentations, unique progression, but one thing that he was certain all MS patients have in common, moving is a benefit. And that stuck with me over the past 11 years, that no matter what our story is, moving is a benefit. And the benefits of exercise for all of us are on a continuum. It's not all or nothing. So said another way, every step counts or every rep counts. Some quick math. If we did two minutes of exercise after each meal, and let's say we eat three meals per day, 
That's six minutes per day, seven days a week. We're talking 42 minutes per week of exercise that wasn't there before. If you aren't moving much now, that's huge. If you are getting those recommended 150 minutes per week, adding another 42 minutes right after meals to help boost that mitochondria and help with blood sugar spikes throughout the day and throughout the week is amazing. This habit really can benefit any of us. We have the what, we have the why. Now let's cover the how. A little reminder that when we're looking at how we're going to have it, we include what the science says, we include the self, so yourself and your preferences, and we always include strategies or tools. So why is today's habit to move for two minutes right after a meal? I designed it that way because of what we know about the science of habit change. I'm going to share some wisdom from two habit experts. First is BJ Fogg. He calls it a habit stack. And that's anytime you're trying to add a new habit, you stack it against a habit that you already have. Likely, we all have a habit of eating our meals. So tying this two minutes of movement to that increases the chances of success. And we know it's something that we're doing two to three times per day. And another thing to mention, since we're talking about BJ Fogg, is he encourages celebration after we perform the habit. So we have our anchor habit, which is eating a meal. Then we have the behavior that we want to make become a habit. So that two minutes of movement. And the third thing is to always celebrate it. Do you keep a checklist in your journal? Do you tell a friend? Do you say it out loud? Do you pat yourself on the back or give yourself a hug? Something to reward yourself and let your brain know that you have reached the habit you're going for. The other expert I'm going to mention is Gretchen Rubin. She calls this habit stacking concept by a different name. She calls it pairing. So we're going to pair two things that we want to happen together. Again, the eating is something you're already doing, something that you most likely are not going to be missing. And so it's a great habit to anchor the new habit to. And the last one is the tool that I like to use of redefining what movement or exercise is to you. Can your new definition of movement or exercise include this two minutes of moving after your meals? Something to consider. We also want to be sure to bring yourself into the habit. You get to define what right after a meal means for you. Maybe it's after you take your last bite. Maybe it's when you get up from your meal. Or maybe it's after you get the dishes done. That's up to you. And you also get to decide what movement feels good and makes sense. You want to make sure it's something that you can do consistently after you finish your meals. If you're thinking you want to move on an elliptical machine that isn't available to you when and where you eat most of your meals, that may not be the wisest. Instead, we are going to talk about what is something you can do anywhere, anytime, so that that doesn't become a barrier to you getting this done. So now do the do section of this habit. I'd love to brainstorm before we go. If you were here with me, or if we were meeting on Zoom, I would encourage you to think of five options on how you can move for two minutes before I share any of mine, because the best ideas will always come from your own brain for yourself. But this is a podcast and not a coaching session, so we're going to work with it. One idea is push-ups. I love push-ups. I call them my mitochondrial booster. I love that they have variations for every fitness level. You can do full-on push-ups. You can do knee push-ups. 
You can do them off a counter or even a wall. For me, kind of depends on the day. On a, on a really good day, I can squeak out a couple real push-ups. I can usually do several on my knees. And the ones on a counter or a wall are great for those days when I'm a bit lower energy. And I always like to remind myself that my mitochondria don't know the difference in what kind of push-ups I'm doing. So consider that. Another option would be housework. Maybe you finish eating, you change that load of laundry, or you clear off the stairs, or you take out the trash, or something that's brief and it's a win-win because you're moving your body and maybe getting something else done. Another one, if you're able, is a micro walk. So this is practical and it removes the barrier of time and ability because you can do that anywhere. If you're able to walk, maybe just a simple micro walk around the house, around the kitchen, down the driveway, around the office if you're at work. Another one is arm circles. We often underestimate how much benefit we can get from moving our upper body. Maybe you like to dance for two minutes. What else can you think of? Say it out loud, write it down, tell a friend, tell me by emailing amy at amybeheimercoaching.com. I'd love to hear how you can get creative and move your body for two minutes. In closing, this habit may be something you already do. So you may be tempted to dismiss it. You may think, oh, I'm active. I get up after I eat. But setting the intention and thinking of this as a habit and the benefits that your body is experiencing from the habit is powerful. And it does make a difference. And it helps you also prove to yourself and prove to your brain that you can meet the goals that you set for yourself. I'll leave you with a quote. Nothing happens until something moves by Albert Einstein. Thank you for joining me for this episode of The Habit Hub. I am forever grateful for the time, energy, and attention you share with me. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode where I might just cover the habit your body has been waiting for. Check out www.amybeheimercoaching.com for more free resources, as well as details on how to take the information, inspiration, and insight you learned today and apply it to create autoimmune health and happiness in your life. Get in touch at amy at amybeheimercoaching.com. Special thanks to my editor, Sarah. The Habit Hub is a production of Amy Beheimer Coaching, LLC. Talk soon. Thank you.